they made a lot of this like big motions, like, look how hard I'm running. I'm sweating. I'm running hard. I'm going a hundred miles an hour all the time. And, and to most middle managers are like, wow, well, that guy, he's a worker. They are working hard. He deserves some recognition. Let's give him a bonus. Let's give him a raise. Welcome to 33 Tangents, a weekly podcast featuring a rotating panel of co-hosts that all work together in the same company, but live in different areas of the world. The discussions cover a wide variety of topics from digital analytics to working remotely to current happenings in business and technology. Our regular day-to-day conversations often go off in various directions, and the goal of this podcast is to share our ideas and find new ways to engage with others. I'm operating on like two hours sleep, so I don't know how well my brain functions. So I, only, I think I'll, I think I'll get you fired up. Okay. Not only the stress of things, but I was up all night with a six sick six year old. That's hard to Oof. say. Any you know anything serious or just so my daughter got sick on Friday, um, like mm-hmm. really bad, like congestion, like face, like sinus congestion. Mm-hmm and cough and mucus and gross stuff we don't like to talk about on a podcast and yep um i made her go get a covid test even though she's vaxxed um and it came back negative mm-hmm. um and then like two days later my six-year-old started coming down with these same exact things so he was last night like his face just hurt and he's like my nose yep. hurts and so oh that's a bummer yeah yeah so tried to keep him comfortable last night, which meant I didn't get much sleep. So, well, I am sorry to hear that, and but I do think we have a fun topic today that I think will kind of get the adrenaline going. Okay. Um, so I actually have a prop to kick us off. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. No, I, I, I. So, you know, I've been telling you a lot about how we're we're my parents sold the house that we grew up in. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've been there thirty-seven years. They bought it when I was like four years old. Um. And it's it's good for them. It's it's a really really good thing. And so this past Sunday, my siblings and I went over and we cleaned out the attic. Um, so all of it. And of course, all of us are like, you know, oh, we took all of our stuff when we moved out, and we all had more stuff there than we we thought we did. Can can um, can I can I can I pause you for a minute? Yeah. Um, is it when I, I'm picturing the attic from like uh, Christmas Vacation? Where he's up with the pull down string, is it like that? Pull steps, yep. Okay, awesome. Continue. So the four of us are up there laughing our asses off as we're kind of pulling boxes out and we're handing them down to our spouses, you know, at the, at the bottom of the steps, and they're just kind of putting them in rooms. And I've been looking for this picture for ages, and I couldn't remember where I put it. And this does tie into our topic for today. I actually, the prop is our segue. Uh, let me zoom out. There we go. That is me in the costume. So you've posted the picture of the mascot. Which I thought was you for the longest time of me posting that picture and come to find no. out it wasn't. Yes. And that's fine. But it was, this is the picture I've been looking for for forever. And because I couldn't find this, I sent you just one that I Googled. And you know, I searched for it and came across it. So it was a minor league baseball team in Atlantic City. They folded in like 2008, I was a summer intern in 2000. So 21 years ago, I did this. And 
at the time when I was going to school, I, I wanted to get into professional sports. I thought that's what I wanted to do work, work for a professional sports team. Um, and so I took this internship after my sophomore year and it was, it was a grind. It was, and, and it, it actually taught me what it needed to teach me was that, um, working in professional sports is, I don't want to say it's hard work because that, that I don't want it to come across as I'm against that. It's, it's a serious grind. It is like, you have to be dedicated. It is your life. Your job is your life. Um, so for us as interns, like we had our office job and I worked in the events and promotions department, but then also as interns, we were supplementary game day staff. So we, we, we worked the stadium and me and one of the other interns were responsible for finding people to participate in the various in-between innings events. So if you've ever been to a minor league baseball game, which, which I, which I have, and I don't know if you noticed the conversation yesterday on Twitter, but I was talking about the time I got kicked out of a minor league baseball game. Oh no, I missed that one. I got to look that one up. For uh, sneaking street tacos into the stadium. (laughs) Nice. Nice. Um, yeah, but you, so you probably noticed that in between each inning, there's little antics that go on the field and they bring people in. You know, there's the 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 dizzy bat race is a common one, but you have all these different little uh, fun things. And obviously they're all sponsored. You know, you get sponsor money for them. I was one of the ones responsible for finding people. So side story to our side story. One of the events we had was like the big glove boxing. So, you know, you've seen those like those big like um, cushion gloves. You know, a lot of times, you know, they also have like a little bouncy ring. Um, So finding people there and I would I would look for like, you know, um, you know, people could sign up for them. But then, you know, you would also look for people like I'd look for like the two guys that are there, like or the group of people there where it's like a couple buddies and find the two that would be interesting uh, or we interested in it because they were always the fun ones. Because as you're getting ready to take them out on the field, they're cracking jokes they're having fun. But the minute you say, all right, go, they start wailing on each other. Um, and they, they would go crazy. So, you know, get back to our main side story here. Um, you know, you'd work the game and like, that means like at one point we had a 30, 30 day homestand. So I would be at the office at eight 30 in the morning, including weekends and then not getting home until after the game. So on weeknights, you're getting home at 1130 at night weekends. You're there for a better part of each day during the weekend. And I'm just like, you know what, this is, I'm working when everybody else is, is off. And I, I I want a job that brings fulfillment, but I don't want my job to be my life. So I, that's what kind of led me down this this path. But part of that was is being the mascot. Yeah. So one of the Browns <laughs> crew guys was the mascot during the game. Me and one of the other interns, was, we would do, do mascot appearances like during the day out and about. So whenever they contact the, the team about having the mascot appear, it'd be one of us. And that particular picture, I was at the Hamilton Mall in south jersey uh we had a couple players there to table signing autographs and me i'm you know just walking around the mall and you know running up the kids and whatnot and then um yeah and and entertaining people on the line but i walked past the picture people i don't know if you've ever seen them in the mall yeah 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 so i walked past them and then two of their people like they didn't have anybody in there at the moment so they ran out and grabbed (laughs) me (laughs) and and i I basically did a photo shoot you got the nice eight by ten out of it (laughs) No, oh, I got a couple pictures and, um, we, uh, 
you know, about a week later, an envelope shows up on my desk at work and it's all of the pictures. And I'm like, I'm keeping this. And then when I, when I got home uh, from the internship, I showed them to my parents. My dad took one and put it up at his desk at work. And I was like, yep, this is what my kid's going to college for. <laughs> that is awesome. Uh, it's such a good story. It is. And, yeah. you know, it, it's, it's, one of, it's been one of my icebreakers. Yeah. Uh, ever since. Yeah, I was uh, I was a part time baseball mascot as part of uh, my college summer. Uh, and, and it's such an amazing experience. Like those those mascots have such impact, especially on the kids like they. Oh, yeah. Love those those mascots. My so my where they hate them. Yeah, it's a love hate relationship. Yes. Right. Um, so my parents um, for maybe 15 years or so were host families. In fact, we're the host family coordinator for the Ogden Raptors, a rookie league baseball team um, affiliated with, I think the angels uh, or Dodgers right now um, in, in Utah. Um, and they have a mascot that is a Raptor. Um, mm-hmm. And my, my sister's daughter, it just is in love with that thing. Like they'll go to the baseball stadium and, sh- and she'll just follow that mascot around everywhere he goes. And it's like, okay, he kind of needs to go on the field and do stuff now. And she'll have a meltdown. Like, yeah. I love that. I love that dinosaur. Well, you get three types of, of kids with, when it comes to mascots. So the first two are young children. There's the young child who's like that, that absolutely loves the mascot. Mm-hmm. But then there's the child who is absolutely terrified. Mm-hmm. And parents. Parents try to force child, the kids on. Well, no, parents love both. Like the uh, parents love both reactions. Yeah. So there you get the, oh, when the, when the child runs up and, you know, gives the mascot a hug. But then there's the parents who laugh their asses off <laughs> when they're terrified and you chase the kids. Mm. And they, they thought they, they, they thought both of that, uh, both, you know, both, those, good. Good both of them were good. And then you have the teenagers who were just, just jerks. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like I got punched. I got kicked. Mm. Um, that, the, that costume had a tail coming off the back cause it was a sea serpent. And I was doing an event for perfect attendance day for the Atlanta County school district. <laughs> and, um, I'm walking along and next year I notice I've realized, cause my field of vision is this. Yeah. I'm not walking forward. I, anymore. I, would, I, I would freak out having to um, that. there's four kids that have grabbed my tail unbeknownst to me and are now pulling me backwards. <laughs> They're lucky um, you didn't rip the the top off that and just wail on them. Well, there was an incident at another thing where this 15, 16 year old kid comes up and puts his heel right into the foot of the costume. Now mm. the thing is, like when you're wearing a costume, like that particular one, I'm I was I was just in socks because mm. like they they it looked like yeah. you know yeah. he was wearing baseball cleats, but you know, like you couldn't put your shoes on. Right. So right. his heel got my oh. toe. Oh. And like, I just, I just kind of lost control. And I remember I kind of like stepped up on the kid, like just out of, you know, reaction, like out of instinct. Mm-hmm. And the kid must've been able to see my face. Cause he's like, what are you going to do? And all of a sudden I just saw <laughs> headlines flash in front of my eyes. Mascot <laughs> mascot mascot arrested for beating the crap out of junior high school student. <laughs> exactly. No, that, that's exactly what, uh, what went through my mind. Yeah. Yeah. So where I wanted to segue this to was um, the, the topic I have for today is, is, you know, why is grinding seen as the only way to work or at least in, in public, you know, public conversation. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and really, let's narrow it down to social media. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like I said, for my internship, like I said, like when I left that and I got back home and I really sat back and thought about it, I'm like, yes, I, I want a job that I can feel fulfilled. I, I want a job where it's, you know, honest hard work. You know, where it's an honest hard work is not a bad thing. And grinding and hustling is not honest hard work. They're two different things. Yeah. Honest hard work, I qualify as like, you know, where you're, you're, you're generating actual value for your clients, for your company, and you yourself feel fulfilled for what you're doing. You, f- you feel like you're creating something of value too. Um, grinding is, is not that. Grinding is, is, you know, like working yourself to, to, to burn out. Yeah. Um, and that's what I realized was, is like something, you know, a, you need to love that lifestyle to work in professional sports because years later when I was talking to people, um, you know, they knew people that worked for some of the pro sports teams around here. And they're like, yeah, there are times of the year they don't see the sun, you know, especially like in the mm-hmm. winter when, you know, they're in the office before the sun's up and then they're coming home long after the sun has set. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't necessarily know if I want that. Like I want a balance in my life. I want a a job that I feel like I'm accomplishing something, but then also provides me a way to, 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 to go live. Um, so why do people think that grinding uh, as hard as you can for an indefinite amount of time until you burn out is the only way to go, right? It seems like there's this cognitive dissonance whenever you present some other way of working. Like, yeah, you, you can still... You know, again, to use the cliche, honest, hard day's work, you could still do that without burning out, without answering emails at 10 p.m. Um, you know, and I've got several other questions here, but I guess maybe let's start with those. <laughs> yeah, and, and the timing is is good. Um, I've been I've been talking about this quite a bit on social media um, as of of late Um and, and speaking of the different kinds of kids that react to the mascot, I'm finding there are different kinds of people that react to this content. Um, you have you have people that absolutely love it. You have people that are kind of on the sidelines just watching the reaction. And then you have this cohort of people that I never imagined who just want to fight you tooth and nail that what, what you're proposing is absolutely wrong. It's lazy. It's un-American it's not how we work and I'm like what what are you guys talking about like really we we want to give everything we have um and burn ourselves out for something that doesn't give us um, equal returns for that I I don't understand why you you want to fight me so much on having some basic balance and control of your lifestyle but they they do um and you and I were having this conversation the the other day I think a big part of it is just culturally um that we've we've baked it into our culture not only how we talk but how we educate our kids and how we go through our careers um we still kind of have this mentality that our value is measured is measured in the number of widgets that we can produce um mm-hmm. and a lot of the a lot of the work cultures, a lot of the public education cultures are built around um, this concept of manufacturing. And we're just not a manufacturing giant anymore. Sure, it exists, but by and large, we're, we're not a, we're not a, a, comp- a country that is built on, on top of manufacturing. We don't have massive assembly lines that people are cranking out widgets. And if we do, they're mostly automated with robots. You know, you have a few high 
end engineers that are managing the the process, but you don't you don't have people that are taking component A and putting it on component B and sending it down the line, and they're getting measured on how many they produce in an hour. We we just don't do that anymore. Yet that mentality has has persisted, and and we still still want to measure ourselves on this number of widgets produced metric that is no longer no longer makes sense for what it is that we do i i I think that that is a huge part of the reason why things are the way they are and and to double down on that people just don't like change they think recency the the recency bias tells them that this is the the way that it's always been and what do you what are you even talking about that we're going to change this model to something else? This is how it's always been. So we're, we're sticking with it, you know, do some hard work, pull up your boots. Let's go to work. Let's, mm-hmm. let's work hard. And, yeah. and I think it's, I think it's unfortunate because um, I've mentioned this multiple, multiple times. We've got this disconnect with um, knowledge work where it's not hard because it's not physically as taxing as maybe a more blue collar work or a more assembly line type of work, but it is just as taxing. It is very, very hard to do that type of work. And not only mentally, but physically, like, you know, like try to sit in a desk for eight hours and truly do really, really hard mental work. Like physically you're beat up at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and going back to, to the internship, like there was one point, um, the, the, the general manager, and, and you and I have had conversations on the side about this. Like when, you know, early in my career, I was just introduced to these, like, I'm going to call them like, you know, these, these burnout, bad habits. Mm-hmm. You know, you just, you grind, 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 grind. Every minute you're in the office, you're doing something. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I kind of got introduced to those early in, in my career. And it, it, it took a while to, to really change it as much as like, there was part of me that was saying, it was like, you know, I, I don't want, work to be my life but there is also the other part of me that is a workaholic i mm. am an admitted workaholic and it's 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 only you know events in the past that have kind of come back and you know some more recent personal events and i'm like no i i don't i, I want to prov- I, I want to I, I want to stop using the cliche of hard work but like i'm not saying slack off i'm not saying just throw caution to the wind and do half-assed work. I'm not talking about that, but I don't want to be that workaholic anymore. And, you know, seeing other people were like, I mean, there is serious cognitive dissonance out there. And I've almost come to believe it's almost like a bit of a Stockholm syndrome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Finish your thought. I was gonna say like, it's been beat into people and I'm even gonna say, go back to, um, back to school, like, you know, going back to school. And this is coming from the husband of a, of a school teacher saying that like, you know, like, this is kind of beaten into people this, you know, just grind, 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 grind. And then when they get into that first job, it's come on, keep going. You're on the clock. Keep going. Yeah. Yeah. To the point where, you know, people suffer serious burnout and they sometimes they don't even realize it. Yeah. No. And I think you bring up a good, a good point with the Stockholm syndrome as it relates to public school. It's, it's 12, 13 years of that over and over and over again, uh, kind of beating into us that we have to be here from this hour to this hour. We have to crank out X amount of work, um, which tends to align with how we then go out into the workforce. We're measured by sitting in our seat from this hour to this hour, just like we did in school. And we're measured with how how quickly we got our homework done and turned it in. Um, 
but we're not having the conversation about the actual value that, that, that we're creating. And I think that that's both where education and employment need needs to shift to, because to, to your point, we're not talking about being lazy. We're not talking about not doing hard work. We're talking about being realistic about what we can do in a given time frame and changing the conversation of stop measuring me on the number of widgets I produced, stop measuring me on when I punched in and punched out and start measuring me on what I'm actually creating. Um, and when you do that, I think it really changes the conversation as, as I've mentioned both internally at 33.6 and externally, I've been very open in sharing um, my, my calendar. And I know you recently picked up the same um, software that I'm using to track my, my time so I can understand mm-hmm. where it's going. Um, I've been very open in sharing that publicly as well, saying, look, some of these days, like last week was a really, really busy week for me. Um, my, my most work days, I was topping out just over six hours. Most days I wasn't, I was like four, four and a half. Mm -hmm. And, and I said, we have to be realistic that that's what, you know, we can do, or at least that's what I can do. Maybe there are people that can do more. Maybe there are people that can do less. I just have to be realistic with myself on what I can do. And when we're talking about shifting the conversation from production to the quality of what we're creating, that's where I think this conversation becomes so important because what I found, and you can see it um, in my in my time report, is that I'll start really, really strong on Monday. In fact, I'm going to go back to it last week. So last week, Monday, six hours and 30 minutes um, of productive time, like working on direct, direct work. Um, Tuesday, even better, six hours and 45 minutes, but then... Wednesday, five hours, Thursday, four hours, Friday, three hours. And, and it wasn't necessarily by design. It was, I only have so much cognitive ability to like hang on to that workload for so long. And if I were to push it, I know that sure, I can get the metric that maybe people want to see, but the quality of my work is going to suffer. There's definitely diminishing returns that are happening as I start to work those more and more hours. So if we shift that conversation from how many hours did you work to, well, what were you able to do in those hours? I think it completely changes the game and how we choose to measure and look at what is important. And again, it's not about hard work. It's not saying, well, you didn't work hard because you only worked four out of eight hours. It's, wow, you worked incredibly hard because in those four hours, you were able to do one, two, and three at Mm -hmm. a very high level. I mean, that's the conversation that's missing. Yeah. Why is burnout? kind of seen as this badge of honor. Well, I think it plays back into this conversation that we're being measured on time. We're being measured on how hard we we are working. And, I, and I'll tell you a, a couple stories of that. So one, just in the, in the consulting space, it, it absolutely is. In fact, I, I got into an interesting conversation with a lady on, on LinkedIn where I said, you know, this is ridiculous that we're, we're working consultants these, these hours, you know, like 35 billable hours a week is unattainable 40 hours. And she's like, you're right. That's why consultants need to be working 60 hours at a minimum. In fact, when, you know, I was really at the top of my game, I was doing 80 hours a week. And I'm like, that's, 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 that's asinine. Like no one should be doing, that's not healthy. And not only is it not healthy, again, this, this, this concept of diminishing returns, those upper ends of those working hours, I hope your clients don't really give a crap about what you're producing because it's going to really, really suffer at, at those. But again, I don't think she's an outlier. I think there's a lot of people, especially in services that 
that wear it as a badge of honor that they they can work harder and longer than the average employee. And 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 I think you're right. This goes back to just how it's been beaten into us that this is how we're measured. We 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 sit at a, a desk between these hours, and and that is to be worn as a badge of honor. In fact, it, think about your wife teaches elementary school, right? Yep. Uh, think about some of the awards that they give out to students that reinforces this behavior. Mm-hmm. Can you think of yeah. I'm thinking of one specifically, it's the consecutive attendance award. Oh yeah. Uh, per- yeah. The, the perfect, perfect attendance. attendance. Like what kind of crap is that? Like, so we're basically telling the kids like in order to be recognized and rewarded, you have to come in when you're sick, when you're absolutely burned out and you can't do any more work when you like, that's what we're breeding into kids. Is it any wonder we get into the workplace and we're like, Bob, why the hell are you here? You're like sick. You're like sweating because you have a fever. It's like, no, I can, I can power through this. I, I got to get my perfect attendance record. It's got to stay intact. Like, this is crazy, right? Like, this isn't, this isn't how we should be working. We're not robots. It's okay to take some downtime. Yeah. Funny enough, you bring up perfect attendance. I found my eighth grade report card. One and a half days missed. <laughs> Congratulations, Jim. Yeah, I know that has, I mean, I mean, that is what has propelled me that, that, you know, the only missing a day and a half of school of eighth grade. That is what has propelled me in, in my, my career. Yeah. I'm sure that was the difference maker right there. (laughs) So, um, but yeah, I mean, back to, back to your question, I, I think we, we've been, we've been led to believe that perfect attendance and not only perfect attendance, but staying after to help the teacher clean the blackboards, that's an outdated analogy for all you young kids out there oh yeah Um, yeah, they don't exist anymore those don't exist um but you know what i'm saying like not only the perfect attendance but showing up early going like we we just wear that as a badge of honor that we're we're all in um and that's all we can focus on and that's just not realistic on how we operate as as humans we're multifaceted and dimensional and we need all of these things in alignment in our life in order to operate at a at a very high level um my first job out of college, I worked with a guy that was very much like this. Not only was he wearing it as a badge of honor of how many hours he could put in, he got to the point where, and we may have talked about a similar story to this with the uh, uh, we the firefighter, the local uh, volunteer firefighter. Yep. That ended up yeah, we've had that happen here too. Um, like he would actually start and start bugs in the software just so he could stay up all night to have the glory of fixing them. You know, like we've just, we've built this more mentality into us that we just got to grind and push. And when there's a emergency, we're the ones that are going to, even though we've been working 80 hours, we're going to stay up all night till three in the morning to fix it. Um, it's just not sustainable. And we can lie to ourselves and say, you know, no, the, the, the endorphin rush, the high keeps us going at some point in time, everybody's going to crash and burn. Yeah. Um, and when you do, hopefully it's just a thing where a little bit of downtime will help recenter you. But man, I've seen some people that have become so depleted. It's taken years to like get them right mentally and physically to get back into the workforce as a productive, uh, team member. So, um, yeah, yeah. it's, so it's I'm not, it's not healthy. Yeah. I'm reminded of this story that Suzanne talks about, um, um, her brother was filming a movie over in Santorini, Greece, and she and her parents were invited to come over and spend some time with them there, see the set and everything. And, but it would have been before the school year let out. Mm. And 
she she's like, nope, I, I can't go. Like, um, I owe it to the school. I owe it to everybody. I need to to to, to finish this out. While school year ends, she gets laid off. She got laid off. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, you know, like I could have gone, but I put you know my job first. You know, do my job, make sure like everything you know goes well. I I forego you know some kind of personal benefit, and they still don't care. You know, they 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 yeah. you know they they didn't credit. You know, you know, she's like they didn't credit me for that. They didn't. <laughs> You know, they didn't say, well, maybe we should. Nope. She she got let go. They, they, they let her go. And she's like, and then that kind of made her realize at the time, like, if you died, they will have somebody in your yeah. seat yeah. before, you know, before your your desk is cold. You know, your chair will still be warm. Yeah. And, and again, I want to be careful because I don't want people to think we're talking about being lazy or being what's the other word that we're 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 not slacking off we're We're not not. we're not slacking off we're not doing things just to be obstinate like these are very deliberate decisions we're we're making and we're trying to keep things in balance so to to that story i have i have two stories that kind of align with that um so my nephew my nephew's a hockey player um fairly high level hockey player um for his for his age group and um this past year, he's played in several out-of-state tournaments that um, his team has been invited to as kind of this exchange program to play teams from like Canada and Finland and Sweden. Um, and just this opportunity to meet these these other people, learn about their culture and, and play hockey together. Um, the school called my sister in and said, um, if he misses one more day of school, we're going to call uh, DCFS on you. For truancy. Yeah. Truancy, and we're gonna we're gonna file charges and like what what is happening here like it's it's not like you know he's he's sloughing school and i don't know what the term is the kids use these days i think the british use bunking off you know it's not like it's we're it's like this is a an amazing opportunity to build experiences and learn about other cultures and this should be taken into consideration with the totality of what the kids are learning why are we penalizing this and, and a, a similar story to that, again, things we learn in school kind of pull forward into our careers. I talked about this a little bit on LinkedIn. Um, in fact, I've known a couple people that this has happened to where um, they've taken time off, um, in one case, paternity leave, um, first child, um, and um, company sponsored, by the way. And then upon return to work, uh, their boss pretty much beat them up and said, I hope you're planning on working kind of double and triple time to make up those six weeks that you took off. Um, that wasn't that wasn't just time that you could spend with your your family. You have to it was owe just that back to us. It was just delayed work. You have to make that back up to us. Um, so, you know, kind of like this thing. It's like, okay, well, that's fine that you went to this international hockey tournament, but you know, that's, we're not giving you a free pass. You got to come back and like do double and triple time. That's something completely separate. It's like, how wrong is this story that we're, we're telling to ourselves that, that the work is more important than everything else. And that everything else is somehow separate from that. You know, mm-hmm. it's just, um, I can, I can give a little bit of pass on the school thing. I, I can't give a pass on the work thing that we're saying, you know, you don't have the right to, 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 to hurt our productivity. So if you're taking time off, damn it, you better do twice as much work when you get back to make that up. I mean, yeah, this is the, this is this hustle mentality, this grind yeah. mentality that's just destroying us. Yeah. And I mean, it's also the flip side of what we were talking about with burning out being a badge of honor. 
there's shaming of people who don't burn out. Yeah. And think about it. Think about us. We're even self-censoring in a way because we have to keep repeating. We're not talking about working hard. Right. We're not talking about slacking off. We're not talking about quitting our job and running up credit card debt. We're not talking about that. We're talking, we're still talking about, you know, putting in work, creating value for, for us, creating value for ourselves personally and creating value for our clients. But we're not talking about doing it at 60, 65 hours a week, you know, doing it at that kind of clip. Yeah. And, 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 and so, that's, oh, sorry. Yeah. You know, I was going to say, and so what that is, is while there's the praise for those that do burn themselves out, there's shame for those that don't. Yeah. Oh, so-and-so is leaving at five today. Yeah. You know, oh, so-and-so got here at nine. Like there was one point. And we make for, jokes about it too. Oh, working half for working part-time now, you know, oh, yeah. taking a half day, are you? <laughs> yeah. And I mean, this goes into the whole unlimited PTO conversation. We've had multiple times, like we've had follow-up conversations about that where these companies that pitch, and I don't want to get on that topic, but I want to say there's a, there's a direct relationship here. You know, those companies that, pitch having unlimited pto and they say you could take it off but you know you get the side eye from your co-workers right. oh you're taking off now oh you're, oh, you're leaving us you now we got a massive release coming and you know you're, you're gonna take a week and a half off now yeah yeah no you're you're absolutely right in fact as you were talking about it it reminded me um of a of an event during my first job out of college uh, you know, looking back on it, I had a lot of these same ideas way back then. Like I, I, I often think, and again, we have this, this recency bias thing happening. I think that a lot of the stuff we're doing at 33.6 just happened at 33.6. And uh, the reality is, is that no, a lot of these seeds were planted a long, long time ago. Um, and I remember one specific occasion, my first job out of college, um, I was really kind of into Taoism and Zen and, and really being balanced in, in my work. And I remember it wasn't my direct manager, but one of his kind of peers um, pulled me aside one day and said something like, man, you're not a very driven individual, are you? <laughs> and I said, I said, what is that supposed to mean? He's like, you just don't seem to have a lot of hustle and drive to do much. You're, you're just kind of taking it easy. And I'm like, I, I prefer to look at it that I'm taking it in a more deliberate way to, to go great distances that I want to go. I, I just don't think that I'm going to be able to get to the heights that I want to get to by running as fast as I can all the time. And so I see, I see your perspective that you see me as not motivated and not driven. I see it the flip side that I'm highly motivated and highly driven to achieve something that I know is way, way out there. And the only way to get there is to conserve my energy and time to do this for a long, long time to be resilient. Mm -hmm. that's the way I choose to look at it. Yeah. Like, you know, there's, they, they talk about those athletes that, you know, they're, they're, they're those ones that they appear to be kind of lollygagging, but they're yeah. not, they're yeah. staying in the play. They're watching the play, but they're conserving their energy. Mm -hmm. So the minute they see a window, bam, they take off Yeah, and they do what they need to do. <laughs> yeah. 
And it's, it's frustrating um, because as experts, experts can realize that uh, in sports, it's like, you know, they're, they're, they're in the zone where the game we've talked about, it just slows down. So it looks like they're not putting in the effort, but they're putting in amazing amounts of effort. They've gotten to a point where they're able to keep all of these things under control and conserve energy and processing power and use it when it's needed. The same thing happens in the business world, but there are very, very few people that recognizes that recognize it and what it does does is it reinforces the hustle behavior. Uh, again, I'm going to go back to my first job um, out of out of college where this absolutely happened with a couple of my, my team members that were consistently getting promoted and getting bonuses because of how hard they were working, how hard they were working. Um, it's the Seinfeld episode where George says that his, um, his approach is to just always look frustrated and busy all the time. So mm-hmm. he's like, just rough, rustling the papers. Like I worked with that type of person where they made a lot of this, like big motions. Like, look how hard I'm running. I'm sweating. I'm running hard. I'm going a hundred miles an hour all the time. And, and to most middle managers are like, wow, well, that guy, they're working their ass off. they are working hard. He deserves some recognition. Let's give him a bonus. Let's give him a raise. And then, as I said, you know, you have these managers that look at us, like, they look at a Jason and they're like, man, that guy is lazy, no good. What is he doing here? It doesn't even look like he's trying. He's just kind of just floating through. We, we're not going to recognize that. That's not, we, you know, we need to recognize the hard workers. So if that mentality is how we work, um, do we have any expectation that it's ever going to change? Because if as an employee, I'm getting rewarded for the making lots of motions, what am I going to do when I get into management? Well, I'm going to expect that my employees now to make lots of motions and look like they're running around like crazy. And I'm not going to recognize the people that are doing it a little bit more under control and have, have the intelligence and experience to slow the game down. Yeah. You know, if it looks too easy, they must not be working hard. So, yeah, like um, and, and, and you're, you're absolutely right. You said it a few minutes ago and I wanted to touch on it, too. Like the, these the, these are seeds that you know, were planted with me a long time ago as well. And like, there was always like this little thing in the back of my mind, you know, as even though while falling into kind of like the workaholic, you know, habits, because I did like, I, I fell into for a while there. Let me show them how I'm putting in, <coughs> excuse me, putting in, you know, 45, 50, 55 hours a week, 60 hours a week. I'm going to show them. Meanwhile, what I didn't realize I was doing at the time was they're looking at it like, hey, free work. Yeah. yeah I don't have to hire somebody. Yeah. yeah. You know, I don't have to hire another person. Yeah. But either, but there was always this quote that, that stuck with me. And it, it's the, um, you know, if you have a job you love, you never work a day in your life. Now, that doesn't mean that aren't stressful times, difficult times, but kind of going along that is, is find something, you know, I've, I've always been trying to find, find something you enjoy being, you know, a place where you enjoy being and you don't have to work, you know, to that level of, um, you know, overwork, let's call it what it is, is overworking just to, 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 you know, to get the, the basics done. So, you know, yeah. go out and enjoy your life. And, 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 and again, let's be brutally clear here. And I hate that we even have to caveat this conversation multiple times, (laughs) multiple times. The reality is if we're being truthful with with each other, we're creating more with less than most people. And we Mm -hmm. have to be, we have to be okay saying that because again, 
if if all we're doing is looking at the perception of work, the perception of how hard we're working, the number of hours we put in, it's it's kind of devaluing the conversation of, yeah, but in that time, and and it's not in spite of it, it's because of that, because of where we've slowed it down, because we've been realistic about ourselves on what we can and can't do within a certain time frame, that we've been able to create more with less. And it's kind of like a cheesy saying, but it's it's true. Right? Oh, it's incredibly so, true. So we need to be, you know, for people listening, and again, I hate that we have to keep saying this. The fact is, is that it's it's not about doing less, you know, and just just look at the work we're doing with our clients. You know, if someone were to come in and say, well, compared to what company X does, they would they're they would have billed maybe five times the number of hours that you guys are billing for this client. I don't care. We delivered 50 times the amount of value that they were created, that they were able to create in 10 times the amount of work. Mm -hmm. That's what matters. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because if you think about it too, when you focus on the amount of hours you're putting in, how many of those hours were you actually working and anything, you know, above a certain threshold, like, especially like when you start working over 35 hours a week, yeah. And but even maybe even less than that. It's hard, but yeah. It, it, but like, you know, okay, maybe like not each hour or each minute of each hour there is like actual like hands on keyboard or whatever. Yeah. But like when you have more than 35 hours a week dedicated to some form of work, mm-hmm. you know, eventually it you the the diminishing quality and you, you touched on it earlier. It's 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 very, very real. And I've noticed that in myself when I kind of go into those states where it's like, you know what, I, I got to grind for the next couple of days to get this done, to help a client meet a critical deadline. At some point, like I, I have to take a step away and be like, cause now the quality is starting to diminish. Yeah. I'm making mistakes and I have to go back to fix them. Yeah. That, I mean, that's, that's it right there. Cause um, you know, think about it too. Like, you know, those people that are putting in saying like consultants need to work 60 hours a week. How much of that time, if they're doing 60 hours a week, week in, week out, how much of that time is going back and, doing the same thing two and three times because they made mistakes a lot either either going back and fixing it or it just goes unnoticed yeah <laughs> which is maybe even probably even worse so no it, it happens it happens a lot um i'm not going to out any big agencies by name but big agencies are known for this um and in fact a lot of the work um especially early on at 33.6 was us going in after a big agency had been at a client and we get in there, it's like, this is an absolute dumpster fire. And it's hard to blame the consultants because a lot of this is their 50th hour of work that they're putting in on this client. Like no one can do good work at that space. They, mm-hmm. They're probably smart, capable consultants, but not at 50 hours a week, they're not. Um, and so we, we've made a lot of our, our money going in and fixing the work that's been done by these consultants that are billing 50, 60 hours a week, because they just simply can't do their best work at that, at that rate. It's just yeah. not possible. Yeah. So. so as we start to wrap up, you know, I, I you know, I, I want to quickly touch on like why this exists. And you and I talked a bit about this yesterday offline. Uh, and I think there, there's a couple different reasons why there's such cognitive dissonance from some people when it comes to saying there's other ways to be productive at work, create value, have a fulfilling job, have honest work. You know, you're, you're delivering something that your, your customer values. Um, 
And it's it, a lot of that cognitive dissonance is it goes back to Stockholm syndrome in the fact that these people have been beaten down so long. This is the only way. And I've had to deal with it. So others have to deal with it now, too. I think that's part of it. Um, I think there is a inclusionary aspect to the club, right? Like mm-hmm. if I had to go through it, then you have to go through it too, um, which I think is completely unfair. Um, and we've, we've talked about this as well, as far as like helping others get down the trail where we say, well, I'm the one that blazed the trail. So I'm going to destroy it behind me because if I had to do it, then everyone has to do it. But that's not how amazing things get done. You know, you have people that blaze trails and then you have people that save energy because that trail has been cut to go on and then extend that trail to do something even more amazing. That's how we progress. Um, And so we need to get rid of that mentality that just because I went through it, everyone has to go through it. That's extremely toxic and unhealthy. And then I think a, a second part of the equation is we need to start being more honest with ourselves on what it is that we are actually doing from a work perspective. Um, and I, and I would challenge you and I, and I, again, I put a post on LinkedIn about this. I would challenge everybody for just a couple weeks, take very deliberate note of your time that you're working and be honest about it. Don't fudge this. Don't stretch it. Be very honest and keeping track. Just keep a time journal. And there's some great software out there. There's some great free software out there to do it. Um, just keep track for two weeks of what you do. Um, because when I talk to a lot of people, they say, well, I don't understand what you're talking about. Why is this so hard? I work eight hours a day. I go into the office for nine hours a day. Uh huh. You go in and then you leave nine hours later. Doesn't mean you're working that whole time. In fact, you're not working that whole time. And that's a big conversation that we have to have with ourselves. This isn't a conversation we have with our teams. This isn't something that we do at an all hands meeting. This is something that we have to reckon with ourselves that we've convinced ourselves that the minute we walk in the office doors to the minute we leave, we worked that entire time. And that's this concept of this eight hours. Like, well, I worked 40 hours this week. No, you didn't. You were there for 40 hours, but you surely didn't put in 40 hours of work. Um, so let's reset that expectation of what, what we're actually doing from a work standpoint. And again, the easiest way to do this is just take a journal. Two weeks is all it's going to take to deliberately know in 30 minute blocks every time that you're doing actually work. And if you're honest with yourself, I think you'll be surprised that you're probably coming in somewhere between 28 and 32 hours a week. Mm -hmm. That's realistic. Yeah. So I think it's those two components combined. One, we've, we've convinced ourselves that we're actually doing eight hours of work a week. Um, And, and two, we have this unhealthy mentality that, well, if I had to do it, then you have to do it too. Yep. Absolutely and I not. need to make sure other people do it so I can be in the club. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's no. not how it should work. You know, and just, you know, I've been doing a lot of thinking, you know, life is, is way too short and I've had way too many reminders throughout my life. It's like, you know what, do the work you need to do to then be able to go have some fun. Don't make work the only thing. Yeah. This, this, this feeds into so many different conversations that we've been, been having. And a big part of it is, is our uncomfortableness with having a singularity of, of who we are, meaning that we've somehow been able to carve off the professional life from our personal life. And we say, well, this is what I'm going to do in my professional life. And when I hang that up or when I get enough done, then, you know, the personal life is going to rise up over here. It's like, we're one person. 
you know, we're not a different person when we walk into work and we're not, you know, a different person. We're the same person. And what, what we need to realize is that that same person is complex. There's work, there's personal, there's other things that happen. Let's stop trying to pull those things apart and say, there's a way that we can enjoy our life in totality by saying, this is just who I am. You know, this is Jason, this is Jim. And part of that is doing work. And part of that is enjoying the labors of that work now. And part of that is planning for the future. And part of that is doing things in the moment. You have to look at it as a whole in order to do that. Um, and, and you're right. I think the most important lesson is, is that we don't have anything but the moment. And so if we're constantly delaying and saying, well, everything has to be about work now, but sometime in the future, that's a, it's a, it's a losing mentality. Mm-hmm. And I've seen way too many people do that. Yeah. They put it off, put it off, put it off. They put off that trip until they put off that trip until, and then something happens and that trip yep. never happens. Yeah. Buy the ticket, take the ride. Yep. Cool. Well, this is fun. All right. Agreed. All righty. So we'll go ahead and wrap up for now and catch everybody later. Yep. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of 33 Tangents. If you enjoyed what you heard, please rate and review the show on your favorite podcast aggregator so others can find us. If you would like to reach us, you can do so by emailing podcast at 33sticks.com or on the web at 33tangents.33sticks.com. 33 Tangents is a production of 33 Sticks, an analytics boutique.